everybody? My name is Andrew and welcome to the Bundesliga. We have made it to episode 30. That's a pretty big milestone for me, if I may say so myself. So glad to have you guys still following me here on episode 30. For following the quarantine, I believe this is episode 5. Hopefully, hopefully the last episode under football quarantine. So lots of exciting news in the Bundesliga since the last episode. The main part of which is that Football will probably be coming back in the Bundesliga very, very soon. So that's what I'm going to start off with. That's going to be the main talking point of this episode. So let's get right into it. So last episode, I said that football would probably be returning this weekend, which would be the weekend of May 8th, 9th, 10th. But that was a bit premature in the meeting that the DFL had with the government and all that negotiations they had going on and all the conversations they had, the federal government of Germany announced that they would allow the Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2 to continue football operations in the second half of May. I believe that's what they said. And the second half of May, the way the Bundesliga interpreted that would be to start the season on the weekend of May 16th. So as of right now, everything that I am hearing is saying the Bundesliga will officially restart the weekend of May 16th. That is super exciting for me, but it is not without a bit of controversy, like always. So as part of the restart of the Bundesliga, they required a very heavy testing regimen for all the players, trainers, staff, kind of everyone involved with the first team and with the operation of the football club. And... They performed two waves of tests, including 1,724 people. And amongst those people, they were spread out between all 36 teams in the first and second Bundesliga, staff, trainers, other people of that ilk. There were 10 positive COVID-19 results. Three out of the 10 results were at Cologne. With Cologne, it's confirmed that there were asymptomatic. All the players that tested positive were asymptomatic. Nonetheless, they are going to be quarantining for two weeks and will most likely, will most definitely not be featured in the upcoming game weeks, probably the first two game weeks back from quarantine at least. Now, it's largely believed that the other players, other seven players whose identities we don't know and whose teams we don't know, were probably largely asymptomatic and did not know they had this virus in and of themselves. But that is a situation with a virus such as this one. Sometimes you're asymptomatic and still are able to spread the virus. With 10 positive test results, that kind of begs the question of are there other positive results? Are there other team members or staff members that came in contact with these players and were able to contract the virus or not? That will be remain to be seen when we have further testing, hopefully before these next game weeks actually begin. I mentioned in the previous episode that I want the leading factor into restarting the season to be the science behind whether or not the health authorities and the scientists are comfortable reopening the stadiums and reopening football to the German world. Now, that being said, it looks like it most likely very well will happen. There are lots of precautions being taken, and they'll be taken very seriously. So hopefully Germany is able to serve as a successful story in Europe of how to reopen the season. Now, the only other country I've heard of restarting football right now is South Korea. And South Korea got hit pretty hard early on in 
late January, early February with the COVID-19 crisis, with their close relation and distance to China and Japan, which are other countries that get hit pretty hard, Korea has been able to turn their society around and they're starting their soccer league, I believe, this weekend already. They're starting their soccer league, so one week before Germany. And Germany as far as Europe goes, has been one of the better countries with the lowest death rates because of their aggressive testing campaign and have been successful at keeping death rates pretty low. So that is good news there. As a matter of fact, out of the 10 positive tests of the 1,724 tests that were given, that represents a positive rate of less than, I believe, 0.5%, which is less than the German society in general. So that's a very good sign in terms of the percentage rate of the infection of German soccer players. So all that being said, I think we should all be happy to have some football to look forward to. Whether you are a Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, you know, League One fan, MLS fan, I think the whole world is going to have their eyes on Germany come May 16th. And that is super exciting for me as a German soccer fan, as a Bayern Munich fan, as a podcaster who follows the German soccer league, I find that super exciting and hopefully people are now able to realize how competitive this year's race is, how close other teams are to kicking Bayern away from their eighth consecutive title, and just in general how exciting Bundesliga soccer is. What a better way to restart the Bundesliga season than with the Riviera Derby. You guys have heard me say it time and time again. The Riviera Derby is one of my favorite derby matches of all time. Both teams always seem to show up for this game. And no matter their form elsewhere, they could be playing like crap in other games. But both Dortmund and Schalke always show up for the Riviera Derby. And that is the first match back from the COVID-19 postponement of the Bundesliga season. So we will get to see a derby match first thing back in action. And that is super exciting. And it's easily the match I'm most excited for this next weekend. Then some of the other matches I want to touch on are Frankfurt and Gladbach. So Frankfurt, I've been talking a lot about them. They were floating up into Europa spots and going back down and floating up and going back down. They were picking up some form in Europe or in the Champions League or sorry, in the Europa League, and then not having that same form at home. So it's kind of been hot and cold for them. And Gladbach is that team that I always say, when January hits, they kind of start floundering. And the same thing kind of happened this season where they were first place for a long time. They fell down to fourth. So this is going to be interesting game to see if Frankfurt is able to continue their upward swing or if Gladbach continues to kind of flounder like they have been in past years. And lastly, I do have to throw in a plug for my own team, seeing Bayern versus Union Berlin. That is going to be so exciting for me to see my team back out there playing some football action after 40, 50 plus days in quarantine. I'm going to be glued to my TV, so excited to watch this game. I still think the, the Riviera Derby is going to be more exciting, but I will not turn down an opportunity to watch Bayern at all. So I am pumped for that. So from what I heard in the articles that I've read, we'll be starting with match day 26 on the weekend of May 16th and going in order until the last match day, which is match day 34. Now, whether we'll be doubling up and playing two games a week at some point, I'm not sure that has not been announced, but 
it will be going in order of match days, and they are hoping to finish the last match day by June 28th. That is the projected end date for the Bundesliga after returning from this quarantine. So that's what we got going. Match day 26 is where we're starting, and we're going until June 28th to crown a champion. Guys, this is super awesome news. I am super pumped. I hope everyone else is too. I know we've all been deprived of football action the last couple weeks and over a month at this point, but there is good news on the horizon. If everyone can stay healthy and if the testing campaign stays as aggressive as it is, we will hopefully be able to crown a German champion by completing an entire season. Now, I know you guys have heard that PSG has been crowned champions after the French League was canceled. After the Dutch League was canceled, they did not crown a champion. The Belgian League was canceled as well. So hopefully Germany is able to be the blueprint for other countries to have a successful continuation and resume the season in a successful way. Because we still have countries like UK, Spain, and Italy who have postponed the seasons but not yet announced how they're going to restart them if they're going to restart them we don't know that yet that is the most exciting news of bundesliga action in the past week but now let me switch to the weirdest news that i have heard so there's a player by the name of hanek kamba he used to play for schalke now i say used to play for schalke because in 2016 he died in a car crash in his home country of Democratic Republic of Congo. So he was back there in the Congo, and it's kind of foggy what happened, but he was in a car crash out there and was presumed dead and passed away. However, recently, in 2020, four years and four months after he was supposedly died in this car crash, he was found working at a power plant in the Ruhr Valley in Germany. Perfectly alive and well, no longer playing soccer, just working in a power plant. Now, apparently that never happened. He never died in a car crash. In 2018, he told German authorities that his friends had taken all his documents and his money and his phone and left him in the side of the road in rural Congo, and he was not ever able to get back in contact with any kind of authorities in the Congo, and he was presumed dead. Now, the weirdest part of all this is that his wife claimed his life insurance policy and now that it's been brought to everyone's attention that he's still alive and well and living and working in Germany, they're conducting a fraud investigation against his wife for taking out his life insurance policy. Now, all this is the weirdest story I've heard out of German football in a long, long time. Why did he not return to Schalke or to football after you know, proving that he's alive? Why did he just take a job working in a power plant, in a factory, when he was a footballer in Schalke and he could have easily went back to his team and continued his career there. I mean, he was on a team with Manuel Neuer back in the day. Like he, This player seemed to have played in Schalke for a while. So it's overall just a very weird story, whether or not he faked his death, whether or not his wife faked his death, whether or not they were in it together for the insurance money. It's all very, very weird. And if the German authorities knew in 2018, they, they talked to him and knew in 2018 that he was alive, how come we're just finding out now in May of 2020? It's all very weird and very odd, but I couldn't pass that story up because it's very, very weird. I'll put everything I have about that in the show notes for this episode because that is definitely a weird, weird story. 
Look for that one in the show notes. Hyanic Kamba comes back to life. All right, in other news, so I already mentioned how the Bundesliga in Germany in general have very strict rules and regulations regarding the coronavirus and testing and social distancing measures and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's a player who's in hot water for really not following these measures, and that is Solomon Kalou from Hertha Berlin. So he posted a video on Facebook Live of himself going through the team locker room, high-fiving other players, interrupting a medical check on another player who actually was at the time getting tested for coronavirus, and all around just hanging out like nothing's happening, where there are in fact strict social distancing rules, even amongst players in training, in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. And he seemed to just completely ignore this. So for his actions, he was suspended by Hertha Berlin. He will not be playing in the next few games and attending trainings because, in my personal opinion, that was a very insensitive thing of him to do and downright wrong and potentially dangerous that he is going around and interrupting another player getting tested and overall just being sociable with people when you're supposed to be distancing. So it doesn't really set a good example for what the league is trying to do. You know, we... In this time of quarantine, we're already under enough scrutiny being footballers and, you know, not really essential and trying to convince the government to let us continue the season. Meanwhile, you're going around and making it harder for the German Football League to make its case to the government of why we should reopen. So it's not a very good look from Kalu. He was put under a lot of scrutiny with the DFL. They released a statement condemning him and so did... Hertha Berlin and immediately suspended him for the time being. So I think that was the right way to go about it, to show players that we are taking this seriously, we're taking these measures seriously, and it's best that you follow the proper social distancing guidelines and, and guidelines surrounding this so that we can have a successful completion to the season. Hopefully he learned his lesson. All right, now to finish off this episode, we have some transfer rumors. Mainly these are pretty confirmed, but there's one rumor at the end here. So this is the first rumor, and that is Leroy Sané to Bayern Munich on a five-year contract. Now, according to all the sources I've seen, this is pretty much confirmed. Bayern Munich have put in $40 million, I believe, into escrow or as like a deposit almost on Leroy Sané in negotiations with Manchester City, and they're hoping to get him for a price tag of under $60 million. So that is what's going on there. Now, I think I've talked about this trade a little bit, and I'm not the most excited about it. I still do like Coman and think that he can be coached into being a starting winger. He kind of already is when he's healthy between him and Serge Gnabry. Sometimes Ivan Perisic takes that spot based on whether or not Coman's injured or not. But I do think Coman is a great player and deserves that spot. Now, the one part that is a bit difficult for me to talk on is Leroy Sané's health. So we all know that Bayern was targeting Leroy Sané this past summer in the transfer window, and right before he was able to be signed by Bayern, he had a, I believe, ACL tear, which is almost a season-long-ending injury. And we have not seen Leroy Sané back in action since that injury. So it's almost like you're taking a shot in the dark and whether or not he's going to be back at full fitness, whether or not he's going to play the way he used to. You're kind of buying, you know, it's like buying a used car sight unseen without a test drive almost. 
Granted, we do know what Leroy Sané is capable of, but we haven't seen him since coming back from the injury. So that is what worries me. But if that's what the board wants to do, I'm all on board of getting more depth players for sure. But I did also hear rumors that Bayern wants to offer Ivan Perisic a contract once he finishes up his one-year loan. So that would give us two extra bench wingers if we signed Leroy Sané and Ivan Perisic. We'd have Nabri and Coman, Sané and Perisic. Would I don't know if that's a little bit of an overload, but there are definitely maybe other players that I would sign instead of having four wingers on the bench, maybe have three and then one player in a different position. That's just my, my opinion there. Now, one of the other, I guess, confirmed transfer rumors, it's not really a transfer, but it's more of a contract extension, but I put it in the same category. It's Charles Arangis has re-signed with Bayer Leverkusen until 2023. Now, there's another player whose name was getting thrown around that might come to Bayern at some point, but he has committed to Leverkusen for another three years. So Charles Arangis continues to be a midfield powerhouse in Leverkusen for at least another three years. Now, the one rumor that I heard is that the ex-Schalke player, current PSG player, Julian Draxler, will be coming over to Dortmund in the summer. Now, that's a pretty interesting one because we always talk about Dortmund and how many star players they have and how they can't really hold on to them. So if players like Sancho and players like Holland can't stay on the team because they get bought out by, you know, $100 million bids from other countries, Julian Draxler could easily be a attacking-minded player to come into Dortmund to shape out and flesh out the lineup if Dortmund loses a lot of players in this transfer window. So that will be an interesting thing to see there, to see which players Dortmund loses and if they end up signing Julian Draxler to replace them. All right, guys, that is an action-packed episode for sure. Some awesome news with the Bundesliga, some weird news with Kamba. But I think this was definitely a fun episode for sure. If you guys have any comments, questions, if you guys have anything you want to send me, send it over to w2bundesliga at gmail.com. That's w2bundesliga at gmail.com. You could also find me on Instagram at welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. Now check out the show notes for the sources to all of the articles that I referenced in my research for this episode that will all be in the show notes for you guys to check out. Once again, my name is Andrew. We've got some football coming back and I will see you guys next time. (laughs) 